It's the Chronicles of Aguna. We're back with another live edition of the Transfer Update Show. And I'm joined by a very, very special guest. But you're going to have to wait a second to find out who it is. Hello and welcome back to the Transfer Update Show. I am delighted to be joined today by the brilliant Mr. Kevin Campbell. Welcome back to the podcast, mate. How are you? Harry, I'm great. Thanks for having me on, mate. Really looking forward to this. The pleasure is all mine, my friend. Uh, Really delighted to have you back on the programme. And uh, first of all, I've got to say, was it last Friday or the Friday before? I turned on BBC One without knowing... And and there was Kevin Campbell on my TV screen. Question of sport. How was Question that? Question of sport. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. It's it's always such good fun, Harry, to do Question of Sport. You know, Matt and, and, and Phil Tufnell, top guys, Sue Barker, absolutely brilliant. And the guests are always good as well. So really good fun. Yeah, it's a great show. It's one of my favourite shows, I've got to be honest. And it was a pleasant surprise to see you on there as well. Um, Kevin, let's talk about the transfer window. It's what everybody wants to talk about at the moment. There's been lots and lots of rumours with regards to Arsenal. We've been linked with two players in particular. So I'm going to start with those two. Um, First of all, I'm going to ask you the question that I've been putting to everyone over these last few days. And it's Hussein Awar or Thomas Partey. You can only have one. Who are you picking? Partey. All day long. All day long. I think if we, we secure that midfield defensively and the screen in front of the back four, I think we win a lot more games than we, we lose. But when you if you add Awesome Oa, who's a very, very good player, very technically gifted, we still have a problem in the middle of the pitch defensively. So... For years, we've been calling out for a Vieira-type or Gilberto-type guy in there who can do box-to-box, he can break things up. And if we don't, if we don't rectify that issue, this is still going to remain. So we might be a little bit better going forward, but we still haven't uh, rectified that problem at the back. So uh, And then midfield. So I think Thomas Partey. I-, I want both, but if I had to pick one, it's Thomas Partey. Yeah, and and I've been kind of leaning that way as well. Um, Throughout the transfer window, I've kept saying Partey, Partey, Partey. For the exact same reasons as you, I feel as though um, we just need that extra bit of security in the middle of the park. And Thomas Partey would give us that, whereas maybe Hussemawa wouldn't. And if Mikel Arteta is eventually looking to go back to a back four, then having that additional insurance in the middle of the park would be helpful, wouldn't it? I mean, why do you think... Why do you think it is that it feels like we're closer to a war? Because we know that Partey's release clause is around about £45 million. And we're hearing that Arsenal are going to probably have to go that far to get a war in. Is it because of the fact that maybe Leon would be open to some sort of add-ons and instalments? Do you think that's the difference, that little bit? Harry, I think the the Partey deal has gone on all summer. Well, all all transfer window. And Owa kind of came out the blue kind of thing and all of a sudden, bang, it exploded uh, on, on the Guna fan base. And everyone's looking and saying, you know, we can get him. He wants to come to Arsenal by all intents and purposes. We know the Leon president, owner, is playing games in the in the press. Yeah. 
But we know Leon are a selling club. We know they have to shift people out. And, you know, Arsenal seems to be the destination for OR. We know Partey wants to come to Arsenal too. But Atletico Madrid are digging their heels in. You know, they, they've got a release clause and they they want that money. So it's it's um it's pretty interesting to to see which one gets done first. I'd, I think they might be very close. To, they'll get done pretty close to each other, but I think we will get them in the end. Do you both? I think we'll think get we'll both get both. Then you think? We'll yeah, get both? I do. I really do. Look, I Harry. I, I know right. we'll cover. I know we'll cover the Liverpool um, game in a bit, probably. But that 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 raised that shone a light on our, our deficiencies, if we're honest. And middle of the park, we, we just weren't capable. And look, I know Jack has improved. And El Nene, listen, he he, he, he does an a, a unthankful job in there sometimes. But we just aren't good enough. We're not athletic enough in the centre of the pitch. So, you know, we need a Partey in there. And we need a OR who technically can take us from that mid middle third to the front and create chances. So we know that's what we need and uh, we have to get our men. Yeah, a lot of people agree with you in the in the comments. Uh, Kevin Rydog says, I felt the same uh, way for months. Um, Rahil says, agreed, we need both. Um, Pat says, we need both for top four hopes. Uh, Chris says, I hope you're right, Kevin, that we get both. So everyone's kind of hoping that, you know, that is the case. I'm just... I, and I don't want to be negative. I'm just struggling to see how how the, the, both deals get over the line between now and sort of the closure of the transfer window. I feel like Arsenal probably went into this transfer window thinking that it was going to be easier to offload some of the players that they're talking about offloading. The Terreras, the Genduzis, the, the Mustafis, the Socratises. I feel like Arsenal, you know, hoped that there'd be more interest than there actually has been. But saying that as well, you go into the end of the window and you're probably going to see a bit more movement because teams are now going to come and essentially take the piss with what they offer us because they know time is running out. And, um, you know, I, I, I hope so. I hope we get both over the line. But for me, it just feels Harry, like... Harry, do you want me to tell you how it gets done? Go ahead. Look, a key piece is Torreira. So wherever Torreira goes, we've got to get as much money for Torreira as we can. Now, if we get 20 plus million or even a um, agreement to sign him at the end of, of that, we could leverage that on internally. We could leverage that and get the money for it. But if we yeah. don't have an agreement for Torreira, I think Torreira is the one who's going to bring in 20 plus million. Now that all that does, that gives us more bargaining power. A, a deal can be done with Leon. We can give Leon what they want, but, you know, however we pay it, you know, we, listen, we're like the catalogue, mate. We can pay it any way we can. Lay away is cool. We could pay it in instalments. The, the big one would have been Partey. Now, if we could work with Atletico for, part, for Partey and Torreira, then a deal can be done. But we've got to get some some bodies out, and I believe they're working tirelessly in the background to get some bodies out. And you know, there's there's talk of Mustafi going even injured. There's talk of Mustafi going. Yeah. So you know, they're 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 really working. You know, some magic in in the background 
to try and get these funds in um, to try and acquire these two players because I think these two players are key for what we're looking to do. As someone who's been in an Arsenal dressing room, been part of an Arsenal squad and understands kind of the, the ongoings behind the scenes, you've got, a, you've got a couple of players that we've mentioned there, Lucas Torreira, Matteo Genduzzi. I mean, if we are unable, let's say, to get those players out the door now, how difficult does that become for, for them and for the rest of the team? So I have a couple of players in there who are clearly not part of the manager's plans, have clearly, not in Torreira's case, but in Genduzzi's. Uh, case have upset the management I mean it just leaves a bad atmosphere doesn't it and it becomes imperative that you move them on then well here's the difficult thing you see Harry where Arsenal's recruitment in the past is coming to bite them now because saleable value um, you know putting people on good good money inside the club makes it more difficult to shift them on if they're producing the goods, it's easy to shift them on. And in Gwendouzi's case, who wants a problem child, Harry? Who exactly. actually wants a problem child? That someone who's going to be difficult and, you know, you can't control him or can't corral him. Now, if Arteta can't corral him, then none of the... Which big team's going to want him? Which team's going to want to invest that money in a Gwendouzi when he's got an attitude problem? Nobody's going to want that. So... You know, it, this is a, again, this is a, a, a coming to terms of it for Gwendouzi as well, because he's probably, his agent and stuff has probably been talking him up, telling him, you know, this one wants you, that one wants you, but nobody's ready, ready to pull the trigger on it. So it's a difficult situation for Arsenal. Arsenal need to have players who are going up in value. That's the key. No problems. If we're going to shift you on, it's to raise funds. But it just goes to show the recruitment in the past hasn't been great. No, it hasn't. You're absolutely right to mention that. A couple of other players that are being linked with a move away um, that I wanted to get your thoughts on. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, is, he was linked with a move away at the start of the window. Wolves were, were very interested in him. That talk died down. We kind of got the, the vibes from the club, from Mikel Arteta, from the player himself, that Arsenal was where he wanted to be and that he was going to stay and I, I'm not sure I, I necessarily believe them, but there were rumours again today linking him with a move away, this time to Manchester United. Firstly, we'd never sell him to Manchester United, I'd like to think. But where does Ainsley Maitland-Niles fit in for you? Because there's an argument that when everybody's fit again, Tierney will move back into the, the wing-back position rather than playing as a makeshift centre-back. And all of a sudden, Maitland-Niles finds himself out of the team again. Where do you stand on the player? Do you rate him? And and what role does he have to play going forward? Yeah, I, specifically, I think he's a he's one of them. He's a utility player. I don't know if you remember back in the day there was a a spanner called a box spanner. It had all these different um, sets on it that it can do multiple things. I think Ainsley Maitland-Niles could do multiple things. We know we've seen him play left wing back. We've seen him play left back. We've seen him play right back. He can play midfield, etc. But does he start? This is the, this is the difficult thing. And you know what, Harry? I, I, I said this before, and I, I, I put it on your, I put the message to you previously, that Mikel Arteta has to be ruthless, and you know, raising them funds because I think it's so important for the greater good of the of the team that you know you're going to have to sacrifice somebody at some point. Now. 
do you you can't sacrifice Aubameyang because you, you need to keep those type of guys. But Maitland Niles, he doesn't he doesn't really start regular. Now, if you could get good money, he's an England international now. And normally you don't sell England internationals. But if a team like Manchester United are going to spend good money on Ainsley Maitland-Niles, it might be a little bit of business that Mikel Arteta has to do, Harry. We know we don't like it because we know Maitland-Niles could do so many different things. But it might just be a move that Mikel Arteta has to do in order to get the people in he needs. Yeah, agreed. And that that was very much the case with the Martinez deal, wasn't it? Every Arsenal fan wanted to see him stay, but yeah. Mikel Arteta alluded to it himself in a press conference that actually it was a financial decision. They've gone out and brought Renarsen in for one and a half, two million tops, and they've made a profit. And and the reality is that that's the situation we're in, and that's the way we're going to have to do business. Ser Kalasinac also being linked with a move out of the club um, by a Leverkusen. I said to be interested. The, the fee being quoted is around about ten million euros. I personally think that that's good business if if we can get him out for that sort of amount. What's your take? Yeah, I, I think it's good business because we got him for nothing, Harry. We got him for nothing, and whether you know he was good enough or not. The fact is we can make a profit on him and it goes to the pot for the greater good. So, again, we've got to call some of these guys, but you get rid of Kolasinac and then Maitland-Niles obviously has one less player in front of him. So, I think because it's a squad game now, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Maitland-Niles. But if Manchester United won him, put down, let's, let's see what type of money they're talking about. Because if it's good money... You know, we might have to do the business. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Just finally, before we look a, back a little bit on um, on the game against Liverpool, I want to get your take on that. Um, Mesut Ozil. Uh, I haven't spoken about Mesut Ozil for a few days on these streams, but um, it's coming up in the comments at the moment. It's being talked about in the live comments. So I wanted to get your take on this. Now, it, it seems very clear based on the fact that he wasn't included in the in the squad even to take on Leicester in the last round of the Carabao Cup, that he's he's just been frozen out in the cold. Can a club like Arsenal afford to do this? Can we afford to have someone on, not only on such a high wage, but someone as talented as Mesut Ozil and just keep him frozen aside? It, it doesn't make sense for anyone, in my opinion. What's your view on it? It's, it's a difficult situation, Harry, because Mesut Ozil has, has, has been adamant that he is seeing out his contract to Arsenal. Now, anybody in their right mind, you say to yourself, you want to play football. But really, this is Meza Ozil's last big contract. Because wherever he goes after this, he's going to be on a lot less money. Let's be, let's be brutally honest, um, especially as a free agent. So, unfortunately, the future isn't, the, the, the present and the future isn't Meza Ozil. So Mikel Arteta has to act and, and, and manage accordingly. You know, difficult that it is. And, you know, the club have to swallow it because he has one year left. He's into his last year now. So, you know, the club have to swallow it. Look, it's easy for us to say, you know, just pay him up. But that actually hurts the club in the long run because if you have to pay him up, he's going to want all his money. Exactly. So that's going to leave a bigger dent. So you might as well pay him on the drip monthly, although we know it's big, but it's the last year of the big. And then next year, we've got a huge opportunity to acquire more players. 
for sure for sure great stuff guys quick reminder for those of you who are watching us live at the moment across the multiple platforms and there are over 400 of you tuned in at the minute which is incredible um so smash the like button on the video if you haven't already subscribe to the channel if you're new we're on the way to 10,000 youtube subscribers so keep hitting that subscribe button let's get it up um, and it's very much appreciated. Quick reminder as well, while I've got you guys' attention, don't forget this podcast is brought to you by manscaped.com. So if you want your body hairs to look as trim as lush, but hopefully not as green as the Emirates Stadium pitch, then head over to manscaped.com, place your order, use the promo code CHRONICLESAFC, all in capitals. You'll see it across the bottom of your screen in just a second, and you will get 20% off plus free shipping, and you'll be supporting the podcast. So if you're uh, in need of something like that, then do check them out. Uh, right, back to the back to the football talk. Um, Arsenal-Liverpool. I was upset immediately after the game, as you always are when you lose. But um, upon reflection, I couldn't remember the last time Arsenal went to Anfield in the league and stayed in the game for 88 minutes. We've got to take some encouragement from that, haven't we? 100%, Harry. Look, and... We, we, we got no help from the referee or, and officials, that's for sure. You know, yeah. there was a, obviously a dubious, few dubious decisions that went against us. You know, probably the biggest one was, you know, Mane, you know, should have really been sent off. But you, 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 you tend to get those decisions when you're the champions for some reason. I don't know why. And it didn't even Do go you think to it was because it was... Do you think it was because it was so early in the game? Because we had Adrian Clark on last night and he he wasn't sure it was a red card, which I disagree with. I thought it was a straight red card. It was question. a red card. It was a red card. But again, the fact of the matter is, uh, Harry, it doesn't matter whether it's the first minute or the last minute. If you do an infringement like that, an elbow into the face of an opponent, it's a, it's a, it's a red card. But... If you check, remember, the, the, it's the linesman who flagged the line. The referee never even con, never even went over to the linesman. VAR never even intervened, and there was some there was some challenges on Aubameyang and Lacazette, etc., that went through the game. That you looked at and you thought, how is that not a free kick? So the referee had a poor, poor game, and you know it was it was just one of those things. Everything went against us, Harry. And we were still in the game. And obviously, Lacazette had a couple of chances. The first one, I think he was offside. The second one, yeah, was, which Sabayas put him through, he was onside. And it was just, look, poor finishing at the time. You know, couldn't get it done. But we made a fist of it. And if you, you, you look in the first half, we didn't play great. You know, they gave us the lead, but we didn't play great at all. They kept trapping us. But we, we still were in the game. So there was no Gabriel, no Saliba. You know, we, we're looking to, to strengthen that back line. I don't know why Mikel Arteta didn't play them or play Gabriel. Because I, I thought we would have been stronger with Gabriel there. Yeah, But maybe he's, putting, maybe he's putting people in the shop window. Maybe he is. Yeah, maybe. Um, I kind of thought that it was probably because he is so keen on playing out from the back that he didn't feel having a left-footed centre-back on the right side would have necessarily worked when we were trying to build the play-up. I think that's maybe why Rob Holding got given sort of the nod there. But, um, Kevin, just to pause you for a second, I've got to do this, because Chris Pantelli's a regular 
uh, on this channel and he says say hello chris kevin please so if you could do that for chris because he's a, a, uh, a legend of a viewer <laughs> hi chris chris pantelli how you doing my man you're right listen keep keep supporting harry man he's a top guy chronicles big time there you go <laughs> thank you very much kevin thank you uh there you go chris uh, you can stop spamming the comments now. <laughs> um, right. Just talking about Alexander Lacazette, because obviously you you were a striker, played in the Premier League at the highest level. Missing a chance like the one Alexander Lacazette missed in a game of that magnitude. How important is it after that that you then score very quickly? Because it can play on your mind. And you could see from Lacazette's uh, reaction when he got substituted off, he knew that he'd missed a huge chance. How important is it for him to get back on the score sheet as soon as possible after something like that? Well, I think it's, it's really important that we take everything into context. You know, Lacazette has scored in every game, hasn't he? Um, and, you know, he's got what? He scored at Anfield, scored the first goal. So it's not as if to say his confidence was low. You know, his confidence would have been high in hitting the back of net in previous games and in the first half. But you know it's it's decisive moments like that where, as a striker, you want because you want to be a difference maker. Now, the fact of the matter is it didn't quite work out for him. But he's getting the opportunities. I mean, I remember last season there were games where he never really – he never got any opportunity and he was snatching at chances, etc. You know, he tried to do the right thing, didn't quite work out. And you could see he was a bit anxious at the side because he knew, he realised – Big chunk, big opportunities um, that fell to him and he couldn't take them. But he'll be fine for the next game. You know, as long as he's playing and he gets more chances, I fancy him to score because he'll be a better player for it. And it it may it works weird as strikers, where we're a weird bunch of strikers. You know, you you, you don't take it. And then the next game you get a, you get a chance and you take it and you, it, it, everything's forgotten. I would worry, if it was me, I would worry more about how we couldn't get Aubameyang free. You know, yeah. we know him getting the chances. We know he's got a great ratio of scoring. But the fact of the matter is, he's stuck out there on the left, working his socks off. Didn't have a great game. But the name of the game is getting our best striker the chances. And we couldn't do that. So, yeah, you know, a bit anxious that Lacazette missed it and, you know, felt for him. But... I look at the team and I think we've got to get a Bamiyang those chances as well. For sure. And and if we go to uh, into Sunday's game, I know we've got the Carabao Cup game uh, tomorrow, but looking ahead to Sunday in the Premier League, if we go and get the three points against Sheffield United, I think if we were to end up with, with nine points from our opening four games, I think we'd all take that, wouldn't we? We'd take that, At the start definitely. of the season, for definitely. sure. Definitely. Guys, get your questions in the live chat box. Um, make sure you put a cue at the beginning of them just so I can pick them out easily because it's flooded with comments. So I want to be able to pick those out. Um, so I'll give you guys a couple of minutes uh, just to do that. Um, Kevin, when you look at somebody like Mikel Arteta, and obviously you you worked under George Graham, who was one of the very best when it came to organisation, to mentality, do you see, and I know it's a completely different era and we're talking about two contrasting styles of football, but do you look at Mikel Arteta and see some of the same qualities as you did from George Graham? 100%, Harry. 100%. He wants a disciplined team. He wants a team who's mentally tough. He wants a team that competes every game, which is what 
the Arsenal fans have been brought up on all those years. We know what a good team like, looks like. We know what a good, solid base looks like. We know what quality players look like. We know what a championship team looks like. So that's why I think there's sometimes so much problems in the Arsenal fan base is because we know what it looks like. We know what it feels like. And when you don't see it and you don't see the club acting in that way to get it again, you know, it's it's a bit frustrating for us. But I, I definitely see great traits in Mikel Arteta. Look, he knows what he wants, Harry. That's that's the important thing. George Graham knew what he wanted. Mikel Arteta knows what he wants. And to get it, he might have to move and shake a little bit. But that's what he has to do because if he's getting these type of results with what was there before, what happens when he gets his own players and beds them in? He knows what it takes. He knows what it takes. And he'll get there. I, I, I really believe he will get there. It might take a couple of windows. But to start with, we need Partey and OR in. We definitely do. We do. We do. Um, let's come over to the live comments. People are starting to put their questions in there. So we'll go through a few of those. Um, Rydog says, uh, no, that's the wrong one. Hold on. Um, here we go. Emmanuel says, I heard that Awar is in England. Brotekas also says Awar in London. Now, Leon actually put a training clip up on Twitter this morning. And who said Mawar was in the training session? Yeah. So yeah. unless he's finished training and he's no. just jumped up. No, it's, not... it's a flag, man. Exactly. It's the cover. It's the <laughs> exactly. cover. Harry, you know this group. You're media. You know. The club, Leon have to protect. Listen, Leon have to protect the, their integrity. So they'll put a training video up of him being in front. But obviously, he's got to come over. There's certain things that have to happen. We're at the last knockings, really, now of, of, of the transfer window leading up. So... If you're going to get medicals done and you're going to get people in, you're going to have to start getting them in now before they sign. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he is in 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 England. Yeah, what I was just going to say was it wouldn't surprise me if he's finished training and come later because it is it's France. It's a, what is an hour flight. It's, it's, it's be a hop in it. Yeah, it's a hop. yeah, exactly. It's an easy journey, but um, it, it just it amazes me how people sort of come to these conclusions on the basis of nothing you know we've seen people's flights being tracked it's incredible arsenal twitter is a special thing um i don't think there's anything like it track him on track him on his apple watch yeah exactly um a couple of people are asking this question um shout out to Rahil and uh to frederick they're both asking the same question he says uh where where does kevin think we will finish this season i guess that um, depends on who we bring in doesn't yeah, it yeah yeah i think the recruitment is key if we get Partey and OR, top four or bust, we have to get top four. If we don't get them in, I don't think we'll make the top four. It's that simple. And um, winning trophies is is everything. Uh, everybody knows about Arsenal now, so we're going to have to come with something a little bit different. Um, teams are going to, like Liverpool, let's take Liverpool on Monday. Their press was different in the first half than at Wembley in the Community Shield, for instance. Yeah. Jurgen Klopp realised he needed to commit more players forward in the press in order to trap us. And that's what he'd done. We couldn't adjust until half-time. So it was a little bit better for us after half-time. But Liverpool caught us caught us on the hop and they'd done a number on us in the first half. Uh, and for big, large spells of that game. Look, Arsenal 
Arsenal need to need to need to get it right, and I, I truly believe they will get it right over time. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, Matt says, uh, "Do you think our transfer window would be different if Raúl was still here?" It, I mean, I wasn't surprised when I heard that he'd been sort of ousted from the club, and there were some investigations into uh, Harry ousted. Days. He got binned. Let's <laughs> let's just put it truthful. He got binned. Why do you he think that binned. was? Why do you think that was? Well, I think, obviously, there was an internal investigation going on about certain um, movements going on within within the, the recruitment. And something must have popped up that the hierarchy weren't happy with. And remember, he came in as a guru. He's going to, you know, Don Raul and all this nonsense. Well, Don Raul is no longer there and we're... And we're we're acting better in the transfer market without him. You know, so if we can get Partey and Ua across the line, I think it's a good window. It's not it's not everything, but it's a good window. Agreed. Agreed. Uh Chris just says, uh happy S Harry, sorry about the spamming. I will try I was only joking, mate. Honestly, I don't mind the comments coming in. I was only kidding. Um <laughs> uh We've been through some of these already. We've touched upon some of this already. So I'm just trying to pick out uh, ones on topics that we haven't discussed. I did see one, but I've lost it. So I'm just going to ask you it anyway. Um, with regards to some of Arsenal's younger players. Now, uh, taking into account those who are sort of around the first team squad at the moment, which one do you have the sort of highest hopes for? Well, this is an interesting one because obviously um, Saka is... Probably he's one of the youngest, but he's probably one of the most established because he's a lefty and because of the way he's performed, Harry. He he has performed expertly um, last season. Now, I don't really I don't really want him at, at fullback because I want him higher up the pitch. Yeah. But obviously our captain plays there. So he has to be a little bit more flexible. He's one, he's, we don't want him to go on long. We want him in and around it because he will get game time. And game time for an 18, 19-year-old is, is going to be good for him at, at this stage. Reese Nelson, I think, can go out on loan. I really do. Smith Rowe went out on loan last season and I'd like to see him in and around the, the first team. I'd like to see him get some game time. I really would. I think he's got really good ability. And um, I, I, I like the look of Smith Rowe, so I, I really, I really think he could he could get some minutes. Um, and and look, there's a there's a there's a lot of these youngsters who probably can get game time elsewhere, but I think they're going to be needed in and around the, the the first team because we're not blessed with a massive squad. We're we're heavy in certain areas. Like defensively, we're heavy there with your Chambers and your Mustafis and all these Socrates mm -hmm. and these guys. But until we get them out or we replace them, you know, we, we might have to hold on to one or two of them. Yeah, agreed. Um, let's go one more question. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to ask you guys to fill up the chat uh, and let us know where you are tuned in from. Been doing this a lot lately, really enjoying it. It's great to see where everyone is watching from. So uh, start spamming the chat now. You're allowed to spam it this time. Uh, get those uh, those locations in. Uh, Kevin, this question uh, from Rahil. I have concerns over Pepe. Do you, Kev? Um, 
not really. I don't have concerns over Pepe. Uh, look, Pepe, I, I don't think anybody could say that he's, he's, he hasn't got the ability. I, I think the transition of Pepe, remember, this is <laughs> Mikel Arteta's Pepe's third manager. Yeah. He's his third manager since he's been at the club. So, obviously, he got a different narrative from Unai Emery. Freddie gave him a little bit of a different narrative again. And now he's working on Mikel Arteta. We've had the lockdown. You know, he's come back in. So, he's learning again. He's learning again. He has got the ability. But he's a, he's a young man. He's a young man. I, I'm, not, I'm not that worried about uh, Pepe. Pepe will get it eventually what Mikel Arteta wants. He will. But Mikel Arteta has to bring in somebody like a William who knows the position, who yeah. could teach it, um, has the quality to help, and he could he could help develop some of these youngsters because you, you do need the experienced guys to put their arm around the likes of Pepe, etc. So I'm not that fussed about him. I know there's Arsenal fan base has a lot of concerns. Sometimes the price doesn't help. Yeah. But... I, I truly believe he he can do something for for Arsenal, and when he when it does when he does get consistent, I think we've got some player on our hands. Yeah, agreed. I think you're right. I think the fact that Mikel Arteta seems to be whenever you see Nicolas Pepe on the pitch and you keep a close eye on Mikel Arteta, he's constantly coaching him. You don't put that time and effort into someone if you don't think that they have what it takes and you don't see them as part of the future. So um, I think Pepe and, and Arsenal fans should take encouragement from the fact that Arteta is so keen on that. Um, guys, don't forget to hit the like button if you haven't already. Uh, just to round off, we're going to go through some of your locations, see where you guys are joining us from and give you guys a big shout out as well. Uh, first to William, who's in uh, William, sorry, I've got Willian on my mind. Uh, in <laughs> Montreal. My fault, Harry, my fault. <laughs> it's all right, I forgive you. Uh, Montreal, <laughs> Chicago, we've got Sweden, uh, Bhutan, Finland. Yeah, nice one, well. Uh, Chicago, uh, Hopewell, Hanover, Jamaica. Nice um, one. Yes. <laughs> Leamington Spa, Trinidad and Tobago, uh, Nigeria, Luxembourg, Inverness, Scotland, um, Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts, Massachusetts um, Boston, yeah. Texas, Sweden, Bath. We've got everywhere. Is there none in Brixton, guys? Is there no one in Brixton that's watching? Do you know what? I seen, <laughs> there was one a... the other day, wasn't there? There was somebody yeah. in, in Brixton the other day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was a Brixton one on here the other day. A few Croydons, Thornton Heaths. Yeah, South kind of London. Ways. I love it. Love yeah. it. Come on, South London crew. Come on, <laughs> London boys. Come out. Uh, <laughs> uh, Abu Dhabi. We've got Kuala nice. Lumpur, Zanzibar, uh, Malaysia, Pennsylvania. People tuned in from all over the world. It's incredible. It's amazing. Um, Arsenal yeah, fan base is brilliant. It is. So diverse. It is. it is. We've got Toronto. We've got Finsbury Park. Um, all over the place. All over the place. Fantastic. India. Wonderful. Fantastic. Fantastic. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you guys on the live stream and to those of you that are going to watch or listen to this after. And my biggest thanks goes to the brilliant KC for joining me. Kevin, thank you for your time, mate. Really, really appreciate it. And Harry, it's an absolute pleasure, mate. Absolute pleasure. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And uh, I'm sure we will speak again very, very soon. So okay. uh, until then, guys, take care of yourselves. Stay safe. Um, and uh, we go again tomorrow with a trip to Anfield. That's all we bloody need. Cheers. <laughs>